Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. How many are excited to be here again in the house of the Lord? Amen. Can we just give the Lord another big round of applause? If you, I know you've worshipped for some time, but let's do that just for Jesus. Amen. All to be here one more time with each and every one of you. Let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, we're also going to open up to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel Jesus, you know. And I'm so glad to get to be in a church where you can worship and just feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, For a moment, I thought I wasn't going to preach a little earlier on. And I felt the Spirit of God just moving. I said, you know, if we really get a hold of this right now, it's over from here. You know, it's, we're not, I won't get behind the pulpit. And that'd be all right, because when Jesus gets to moving, that's what it's all about. Amen. He can do a whole lot more in, in about a minute's time than I could ever do. Amen. And so when Jesus gets to moving, just like this morning, if you feel that, you just, I, and I just want you to know, I was completely okay with what happened this morning. Some people started running up here and worshiping God and believing for a miracle, and uh, the way I see it, that's what it's about. Amen? I'm just here to help you just meet Jesus. I'm just here to help you just connect with Jesus just one more time, give a word that would build your faith, and so I am excited to be here in the house of the Lord again, because when Jesus is in the building, the impossible becomes possible. You know those people that you thought could never be reached? No one would ever get, there's no way in the world that Jesus, even if he came down, would ever reach them, touch them, set them free. Well, guess what? In in an atmosphere like this where Jesus is, that's where those people get saved, amen? That's where you were saved. That's where you were touched, amen? And so I'm grateful today, this afternoon, to, uh, to be here where Jesus is. I'm glad to be with all of you as well, but... I'm glad to be where Jesus is, most of all. Amen. I also want to honor your pastor once again for the privilege to, to get to be here. I had such a great time at lunch and just hanging out with everybody. I really appreciate just being able to, to, to be with them. Uh, I am a younger man, just in case you all haven't noticed that. I do have a few gray hairs because of my son coming into my life. That will definitely do it. But uh, I, you know, every once in a while, my wife and I evangelizing, We'll get to uh, sit across the table from a few, I want to say this the right way, wiser people than myself. Y'all don't get that. Wiser in age. Amen. Everybody understand? I, I, wanna, I don't want to say any bad words. That's why I'm saying using that word. Everybody understand? Okay. And so, uh, you know, I, I said that wrong before one time, so I had to learn and tweak the words there. But uh, I was grateful because not, not all the time, you know, sometimes we can sit there and you can talk about you know, the Bible so long, or you can talk about this, that so long, and sometimes there's not a flow or a connection, but I really appreciate the fact that the man of God, thank you so much just for being open, being just, I appreciate his spirit and everything about them and your pastoral family. I love them so much, and I felt like I connected, amen, with someone much wiser than me, amen, and their family. So I'm grateful for that. Would you give them another big round of applause? Go ahead. If you love them, give them a big round of applause. That's all right. 
I, I don't know your name, sister, but the music director is what I'm going to call you, all right? Um, but I, from what I gathered, you threw her up there, is that what it was? You and told her? Well, I just want to let you know something um, and all of the rest of this church. My father started a church when I was 12 years old, and he uh, and told us to do everything and still does, even though I don't go to his church anymore. I mean, he still does it. But anyway, we had to, he kicked me up there and said, hey, you need to go and play the drums. I said, well, I barely know a couple beats. He said, all right, good, get up there and play, you know. And I, when, I, when I say to honor, you know, your pastor and the pastoral staff and the leadership and everyone, I, I know what I'm telling you because when we started that church, we absolutely had nobody. It was me and my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. And so I would take the offering plate, being the usher, but because there was no one in the church, I was also the giver at the same time, you know. So, I mean, we did everything. I was greeting my own self coming to church, you know, being the greeter. I mean, we, I promise we did it all. Amen. And so when I tell you to love on them, thank you so much, sister, for stepping up. I mean that from just someone to a minister to minister, amen, in the house of God. Give her another big round of applause and all of the leadership up here for stepping up, amen, just for loving to serve God. It's an amazing thing, great reward to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen, even if your dad is telling you to do it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, I want to honor my wife and my son, and uh, just for the chance, that the privilege I get to have to, to be with them. Um, my wife is, well, she's not, but her father is from here, from Indiana, so we were able to visit some family. So family, I just want to honor you as well, love you, and uh, we, now as you all know, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles originally, so I'm getting used to the whole Indiana, Midwest thing, you know. So I thank you all for your warm welcomes. All right, I appreciate that. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Everyone shout that. One Lord. One Lord. Amen. That's a very famous portion of Scripture within our churches. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, there's a lot of people that stop there, they pause there and say, well, see, it's a mystery. You know, we don't really know. But I love the scripture because it answers the mystery. You ready? God was manifest in the flesh. We know that and understand that. In the book of John, it describes Jesus being that one that was manifest in the flesh, being God robed in the flesh. And then it says, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and who do we know was the one received up into glory? It was Jesus Christ himself when he died on that cross and resurrected the third day, amen? And so I'm grateful for this Jesus Christ that we serve, this God Almighty that once was robed in flesh and came to save each and every one of us. Would you put your Bibles to one side? Let's ask the Lord to be with us here tonight, to align our hearts with what he has got for us tonight. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be in this house. I pray that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue, Jesus. I loose the gift of faith in this atmosphere right now. Revelation and understanding would go forth, God, that we would know you in a greater way here tonight, Jesus, and we'd walk in authority that you have given us according to your word and to your will. We thank you and we love you. Would you clap your hands and would you shout unto the Lord and would you just give God some worship here. Amen. Can we do it for the King of Kings and for the Lord of Lords just one more time? Go ahead. Would you clap? Would you shout? If you feel like jumping, you can jump. If you 
feel like running, you can run. Whatever you feel like doing, would you just worship the Lord? Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them you love what they're wearing. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're glad to see them here. After that, you may be seated. I want to talk to you for a brief moment about the I am. Everyone say the I am. I believe it's important to know who we are as people of God. I have grown up in church and helping my father start a church. Now, just a quick disclaimer, I, I, I remember telling my dad, you know, I just want you to know, I know you're the pastor of the church, but I feel like we're the pastor of the church, me and, and my, my family, my mom, my dad, brother and sister, because it's a family affair. Can I, can I get amen on that? It's a whole family thing. And so my dad would wake us up about six in the morning, you know, to go to church on Sunday. I'm, I'm serious. He'd wake us up six in the morning. We'd go pray. I was 12 years old and We'd have a Bible study before the Bible study. We'd have Sunday school before Sunday school. I'm, I'm dead serious about that. And we'd have practice after that. And then after that, we'd have Sunday school with everyone else. And then we'd have church. And then we'd have Spanish service, which I never learned to speak Spanish. But anyway, we, we were at the church. Amen. And, and so in my time being at the church and the time being around the church, I would see people that would come into the house of the Lord and be converted and be saved and so on. And, before enough time a trial would come or a situation or the enemy would lie to them or whatever situation may come about and all of a sudden they would lose out with God and they would walk out of church and just say, well, I guess it wasn't really for me or well, I guess God doesn't, God doesn't really love me the way I thought he did or I guess just times are a little bit too tough and so I want to tell you today that it's important to know who we are because if we don't know who we are, then the enemy can come and speak lies into our life and begin to pour things into our heart, into our mind and then all of a sudden before you know it, we're doubting whether God is really real in our life for now. We know he's real for someone else, but I wonder how real he is for us. And we begin to doubt those things, begin to backtrack in our walk with God. And that's how most people fall out with God, simply because they don't know who they are in this walk with God. They don't know that they are a child of God. And I believe this, that if we're going to know who we are, then we must know who he is. Amen? And we got to understand exactly who it is that we're serving. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. This God that we're serving is the most powerful God, is the almighty God. Now, there are other gods in the world. There are other beliefs, but I'm telling you here today, the difference between what they're preaching, between these other holy books and these other beliefs of other gods with other names, what they're preaching and what we're preaching to you today is, is the fact that when we begin to preach this word and we begin to speak the name of Jesus, all of a sudden, things begin to happen. The impossible, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, and becomes possible. Miracles start taking place uh, at the name of Jesus. That's the difference uh, when then quoting the name or quoting Buddha. Or that's the difference in quoting the name of Allah or quoting the name of these other Hindu gods and so on. That's the difference is when you begin to proclaim the name that is written in this book, the name of Jesus. Uh, all of a sudden, things begin to change. Uh, all of a sudden, the impossible becomes possible. All of a sudden, the blind begin to see and all of a sudden, uh, the deaf 
were able to hear and the dead raise and the cancers leave and all of a sudden the miraculous begins to take place when Jesus walks in to the building and so what I've got here tonight for you is totally different than what they're preaching out in this world and what else they're telling you out there in this world because there's power attached to the name there's power attached to the word here tonight if you really believe that would you clap your hands just for a moment And so in the book of Acts, they tried to stop them from preaching the name of Jesus because they quickly realized that the power of the name of Jesus was too powerful to keep people in the bondage of tradition or in the bondage of religiosity. They realized that it was too difficult when the name of Jesus was proclaimed into a city and all of a sudden a miracle would happen before you knew it that half of that city or even more would all of a sudden become believers because they had never seen a miracle done like that before. I'm telling you that there is power in the name of Jesus. It was Peter and John that were walking into the temple one Saturday as they were there on the Sabbath day they went to go and pray just like you and I come on a Sunday and we have service and all of a sudden as they were there the Bible says that they saw the lame man there at the, the beginning or at the gate of the temple and he was not allowed into the temple because he was lame in his body he wasn't whole and so therefore the law did not allow him to go into the sanctuary and so Peter and John would walk to where the man was and you know the thing that really uh, boggles my mind is that the fact that this man would have probably been been there before as Peter and John had walked into the synagogue. It was probably a normal begging spot for him. I mean, he understood, hey, these people are feeling good walking into the church on the Sabbath day. They're probably going to give me some money today. You know, anyone ever seen someone on a Sunday and you realize right off the freeway, man, they're, they're, I want to feel good for a moment. I'm going to give them a couple bucks. They know what's going on. They know Sunday's a hot, hot ticket. Amen. And so this man, this was not the first day that he was there. I've been to Israel, and they do the same thing to this day. They stand right there. Now, the temple's not there anymore, but where you would go to the temple all around it, there are people that sit on the steps, and they hold their cups out, and they ask for alms, alms, and they ask that you would give and give. And this man was doing the exact same thing thousands of years ago when Peter and John walked up. But you see, the difference in that time when Peter and John had walked up and the times before, I believe, is that if you read in the book of Acts chapter 3 you'll read right before that the book of Acts chapter 2 there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost Peter and John were a part of that they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit of God flowed into the room as a rushing mighty wind and I believe on that day of uh, on that day when they walked up to the lame man that they realized wait hold on I've got something that changed me just a few moments ago or a few days or weeks ago in that upper room I remember that I was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and I remember what came and lived inside of me. Jesus Christ came and lived inside of me. And so I'm going to go ahead and give what I have living inside of me. And so they reached forth on that day and said, look, man, silver and gold, have I none? They probably would have known the man in those small cities and villages. But they said, look, silver and gold, have I none? But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because the name is more powerful than silver and gold. The name is more powerful than anything else that you could ever give. They said, rise up and walk. They picked up that lame man and he began walking and running and leaping into the temple all at the name of Jesus. All at the name that is above every name. Come on. 
And all of a sudden, the Pharisees, they realized, wait, hold on. This man was never allowed into the temple, but now he's in the temple because he's been made whole at the name of Jesus. The Pharisees and the elders and scribes, the Bible says, begin to talk amongst themselves because they didn't want Peter and John to continue preaching this. And as they were there, they said, you know what? We need to tell Peter and John to quit preaching about Jesus, and we need to, we need to stop all this. They said, you know what? We need to threaten them. That's what the Bible says. That they talked amongst themselves. They said, well, we're going to threaten Peter and John to quit preaching the name of Jesus. I want you to think about that because that sounds a whole lot like today. Think about it for a moment. You can think back just to, especially here, I'm, I'm guessing this is considered a Bible Belt area somewhat, amen? And while I'm, the people I've talked to, they all know about Jesus. You go to L.A., I mean, it's like brand new stuff for them. You know, they, they, don't, they don't do that. I'm telling you. But out here, everyone got a church. Everyone has been to church. Everyone's known about the Bible. And so you can imagine just, you know, years ago or a couple years ago, I won't date anybody here, but, you know, just a couple years ago, we'll say here in even this area where people would know about Jesus. And it might have been okay for you to talk to them about Jesus. But now you've got so many people that are so far removed from the word and so far removed from what we're preaching that when you begin to talk to them about Jesus, they'll tell you, well, how do you know he's really real? How do you know he's not just a figment of your imagination? Or how do you know he was ever even walking on this earth? And they'll begin to question and, and no longer in the universities are they okay with you being a Christian as long as you stay in your corner now. They're going after you aggressively wanting to know, well, why don't you believe like we believe? And why do you do what you do? Why do you dress the way you dress? And why do you talk uh, the way they talk? I've been to secular university before Bible college. I'm telling you, it's all over these campuses where they're coming at people and threatening them under to, against the name of Jesus. They don't want us to preach the name of Jesus uh, just like they preach in the book of Acts uh, because they realize when you preach the name of Jesus, things are going to begin to happen. Uh, things are going to begin to take place. It's going to allow this Jesus to, to be realized amongst the people that he is the almighty God. Amen. And so there they were. They were saying, you know what? We need to threaten Peter and John. Let's threaten them. That they no longer preach the name of Jesus. But I want you to understand something. The Bible tells us, even through all of these threats and all of the things that were going on, Peter and John after that, they heard these threats and they told Peter and John, you need to quit preaching Jesus. You need to quit preaching this name of Jesus. And Peter and John said, well, you know, who should we go ahead and obey? Either you or God. You tell us. Who should we obey? Now, these Pharisees were, were religious people and they would have believed in God, but they would not have believed that God was manifest in the man Christ Jesus. And so they, they reason amongst themselves. But I want you to realize something. The Bible Bible says in that same chapter that the Pharisees and the elders and scribes knew that Peter and John had been with Jesus because of the miracle. I wonder how many people around you, not just because of the way you dress, not just because of the things that you do, but maybe because of the miraculous that's following you. I wonder how many people know, hey, you know what, they've been with Jesus. There's something different about them. Anyone ever been approached that way? There's something, I don't know, something different about you. And you know that sister's been praying. You know that brother's been seeking God. And you know there's something different. It's because they've been with Jesus. There's power when you begin to spend time with Jesus. Uh, he'll bring you out of your comfort zone. He'll bring you out of your insecurities. He'll bring you out of all those things uh, and give you a boldness that you never thought you could have. Because that's exactly how God works. 
And so there they are, and they're threatening them, and they're telling them, you need to quit preaching this name of Jesus. But I want you to understand something in those scriptures. The book of Acts chapter 4, it tells us that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is Bible. That's the word. And so when the enemy tells you, well, why don't you try this religion? Why don't you try that religion? All you've got to say is, listen, it is written. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other saving name. There is no other name that gives us grace and mercy and whose blood was shed. There's nobody else that died for me and was resurrected on the third day. Only the man Christ Jesus. That's the only one. And it's in that name that we are saved. I remember asking, I remember I was in San Francisco and I was told you about a, you know, driving Uber. And then I was telling them a couple of crazy stories and I won't say those stories, but I remember that, uh, there was a man in my passenger in the back seat and he, and uh, he was talking to me and I was telling him about my wife and I were getting ready to, uh, she was my fiance at the time. We were getting ready to get married. And, and I said, you know, we're going to go to India and we're going to begin to preach about Jesus. And we're going to tell the people about the goodness of Jesus. and They're going to see miracles. And I began to go in depth about what we were going to preach. And, and he, he looked at me after, you know, toward the, the ride was ending and he said you know I don't I get what you're saying he said but I don't think that's very righteous of you you know to to go on and to tell these people about all of these uh, about this only one religion why don't you go and share all of the religions with them and then let them choose I'm telling you how twisted this is today this is what's going on today all right and I remember the Lord quickened my spirit and I said well you know I get what you're saying, but the reality is I wouldn't be able to call myself a Christian. You know, I'm not really an educator. I might not have the best theology or the best verbiage, but I'm telling you what I do have is real, and that's what I'm going to preach because I know it's real, and there's no other thing more real than the name of Jesus. There's no other thing more real than this book that I'm preaching to you today. There's nothing more real here today. It's in the name of Jesus that is here in this building, that is here throughout this city. And so they have tried to stop us. They have tried to threaten us uh, from preaching the name of Jesus. And I told you about miracles earlier this morning that have taken place in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I remember reading uh, here in, in, in the Bible and the talking or understanding the name of Jesus. And you kind of study the name of Jesus. And I begin to, to, to open up and try and go into the, the Hebrew and the Greek and all really the Greek. And I remember reading, you know, about the name of Jesus. And if you define it or you come to a definition of the name of Jesus, you will come to the definition that Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah saves. And so I want you to realize something. In the name of Jesus is salvation. Everybody see that? In his very name, the essence of who he is, he is a savior. And, and he is a savior from your sins and savior from hell, absolutely. But a savior also from your current situation. I believe if we've got an understanding of who Jesus is, then we would walk with authority. Then we would walk uh, wherever, even where the enemy is at. And we'd say, listen, just like David said, yea, though I walk uh, through the valley of the shadow of death, will I fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Now here's what David understood. Hey, David understood that God is sovereign because he's sovereign and I only see the valley. I know that God sees the next part of where I'm going to. I know that God doesn't only see what only I can see. He doesn't only see the dark 
darkness that I see, but God sees what's coming up next. He knows I'm not going to be in this forever. You see, if we really knew who Jesus was, uh, then we would understand like David understood and say, look, uh, I may be going through the valley, devil, but I want you to know that this is not my end. Why? Because God has given me a promise uh, that is going to last through every struggle, through every trial, through every tribulation. I want you to know that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. You know, it's the reason why the children of Israel think about this and Goliath had come against them, this, this oversized Philistine, as the Bible describes him. And this Goliath come against him and the children of Israel, a whole army of the children of Israel. Now, these people would have been trained to fight in battle. Think about that, all right? They would have been trained. They would have understood war. They would have understood battle. They would have known how to swing the sword and how to use the shield. They probably were in many battles before, especially being the Israelites. They were in many battles before. They would have known what was going on and maybe even how to to fight against this Goliath but all of a sudden the Bible says that they were sore afraid they were afraid of one Goliath now if you really think about that that tells me that those people did not know the children of Israel that were afraid of that Goliath did not know who their God was they may have known about war. They may have known about how to battle. But they did not know who their God was. Because if they knew who their God was, then they may have looked back into history and they may have said, wait, hold on. Our God has brought us out of Egypt. Our God has brought us uh, through the Red Sea. Our God literally brought manna out of heaven. I mean, he allowed our clothes to grow with us. Our God brought us into the promised land. Wait, I don't think that our God did all of that uh, just to leave us here so that we can die at the hand of the Philistines. I think uh, that they didn't understand, but all it took was one David uh, to come on over and say, wait, hold on. Uh, you come to me with a sword and with a shield, uh, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, uh, the one that brought me out of Egypt, uh, the one that brought manna from heaven, uh, the one that delivered us before, uh, and he's going to do it again uh, because the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what Goliath is coming against you. I'm telling you, he is on our side. If you really believe that, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? In the book of Exodus, Moses had found the burning bush, and out of the burning bush, the Lord began to speak, and as the Lord began to speak, and some of you may know the story, he told him, take off your, your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And Moses began to talk to the Lord, and the Lord said, listen, I'm going to go ahead and use you to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And I'm going to use you to go ahead and, and deliver my people. And Moses says to God, he says, well, who am I going to tell them sent me when they ask me? What's your name? How do I identify you? At that time, we did not have the revelation of the name of Jesus, and is he had not come down onto this earth yet and manifest himself in flesh. And the Lord responds to Moses. Now, everyone hear me on this. The Lord responds and says, well, as God said unto Moses, Exodus 3 and 14, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. And so you can also understand that I will be what I will be. 
All right? And so if God's the same yesterday, today, and prayer, I just want to give you a little revelation of who this God is that we're serving. Because a simple understanding of who this God is that we're serving can give you victory in the middle of the valley. Can give you triumph in the middle of your situation. Your kids have walked out on God and you say, you know what? It's all right because he will be what he will be. What I need him to be because he is who he is. So if I need a savior in my life, then he's a savior. As a matter of fact, his name means Jehovah is salvation. So he's going to come down and on my behalf because I'm his child, he's going to reach out and do something. Anybody understand that? You you can have that conversation with the enemy and let him know, hey, listen, you can't have my kids. It's not going to happen. I wish somebody believed me on that. And so Jesus now in the New Testament, or in the New Testament that we have in the Gospels, John chapter 8, verse 58, the Pharisees again, those that were trying to make Jesus stumble over his words and didn't believe that Jesus was God robed in the flesh and, and the, or, or the Messiah at all. And so they were, they were taunting him, asking him different questions and trying to trip him up. And, and they begin to ask him who he really was in different, in different ways. And, and Jesus, the Bible says, said unto them in John chapter 8 and verse 58, Barely, barely, I say unto you before Abraham was he says I am I want you to think about this because the only other person that would have said I am was God in the Old Testament Yahweh of the Old Testament Jehovah of the Old Testament now these Pharisees would have been learned men and they would have understood the law they would have understood the first five books of the Bible they would have well known the account that Moses had with God with the burning bush and God reaching out saying Moses I am that I am there Jesus stands a man 100% man and 100% God and says hey before Abraham was he says I am So it's a whole lot more than just a quick statement. No, Jesus is literally stating with that I am statement, he is telling them, look, I'm letting you know I'm that same I am that was back then, but here I am today robed in flesh. He's letting them know I am that I am. This is the God that we're serving. There is one Lord, right? One faith, one baptism, amen? There's one name that there's uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And we know that name to be the name of Jesus. We understand that. And Jesus was stating that I am the God of the Old Testament. And if I am the God of the Old Testament and you here today in this city of Richmond are my children, he's telling you and letting you know, then listen, I can bring you out just like I did back then. I can save you just like I did back then. This is not your end. This is not where you're going to go ahead and fall out with God because today you are going to know that the God that I serve, that the God that you serve, His name is Jesus. His name is salvation. And He is getting ready to save us. He's getting ready to come down on your behalf. That's the God that I serve. How many believe that? John chapter 8. Now, I just want to tell you a couple of I am statements. I mean, these are amazing statements because when Jesus spoke, sometimes he spoke as a man and sometimes he spoke as divine or he spoke as God. And, And Jesus says, John 8 and 23, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath and I am from above. Think it no coincidence that he says, I am from above. Ye are of this world. And he says, I am not of this world. 
I'm just going to give you, this is just practical teaching now, all right? You're going to apply the word of God and who he is to your life, to your situation. So he says, well, I, you are from beneath and I am from above. He's telling you, you are from this world and I am not of this world. Now that tells me as a believer, as a child of this one that is from above, my situation that is from beneath. My situation that is of this world that is earthly. Maybe I don't have money for this. Maybe this sickness uh, has got me here. Maybe my family this and everything's going wrong around me. My job that and, and all kind of different things. I need a new car and I need this and that and the other. And God, I'm asking for these things. Listen, that situation is of the earth. That's, that's right here. That's of the tangible. That's around you. That's right here. And he says, wait, hold on. I'm from above. I'm not from beneath. Uh, and so that tells me if he's from above and he's my father and I'm his child and he is the I am that I need him to be or he will be what I need him to be. He's telling me, listen I'm above your situation, Jesse I'm above your situation, Richmond I'm above your situation brother, I'm above. He's telling you listen, you don't have to walk with your head held down hoping, wishing maybe God will do it. It's in his name it's who he is he is a savior, he is a way maker, he is from above, he is not of this world I wish somebody understood what I was talking about. Would you clap your hands uh, and would you shout unto the Lord? Uh, come on, somebody here today. He is not of this world. Uh, he's not subject to the laws of this world. Uh, he's not subject to the laws of the sickness of this world. This is the God that I serve. The I am. Jesus Christ, the God of the Old Testament, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm just letting the enemy know, hey, listen, you might have drained my bank account, or I might have, I don't know. But either way, some of y'all, now, now I'm coming down to where we're at. Amen. All you got to do is let him know, listen, hey, that's, that's of the earth. That's from beneath. And so my, my father, in the word, says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Brother said it best. I never heard a message preached on strawberries like that, my friend. I mean, if I'd have known that, I just brought a bunch of strawberries, bro. Throw them, throw them, start throwing them at people and call an altar call. You know what I mean? Save me a whole lot of time. The green strawberries. There we go. But he said it best. He said, you know my. He said, you know, he, my dad, he was saying, all he's got to do is go back into the fridge and get more. He'll go to the store and get more. Well, my father, which is in heaven, amen, he'll go ahead and just grow some more. I mean, it... I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I don't know what your situation is, but if you don't have it because he's from above and he's not of this world, uh, he'll take care of it. What's the big deal? This is the God that I serve. This is the almighty God. I've got faith. I believe. I'm going to pray and believe until it happens because he is from above. He is the I am. He is the almighty. He is the almighty God. Would you clap your hands and would you shout unto the Lord? And would you let the enemy know, I've got revelation of who this Jesus is. John chapter 9 and verse 5, he says, as long as I am in the world, he says, I am 
the light of the world. How many of you were stuck in a dark place uh, before you got here? You were stuck in sin. You were stuck in whatever it was. Uh, wherever you were, those that were backslidden, those that had lost out on God, and it seemed dark and everything was caving in around you. But Jesus stepped in and said, hey, this is just who I am. You know, Jesus can't help who he is. He can't change, right? So I remember... Now, I am not 34 years old, but I remember my father, or excuse me, my uncle told me that 34 years ago. All right, so I just have to clear that up. I'm under 34 years old. Amen. In case y'all wonder. And so my uncle tell me a story, a testimony of his. He was the first one in my father's side of the family that was ever filled with the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And I've got cousins, and I don't know if I'm being recorded, but I've said it enough, so oh well. Uh, but I've got cousins and family and people that uh, are, aren't serving God. They're strung out on drugs and they've gone to jail and all this, all this other stuff. And so when I worship and I praise the Lord, it's because I know I'm not supposed to be here right now. My dad has taken me through the town where he was from and, and where he grew up at and the, just the poverty and the gangs and everything that was going on that they were involved in. And I often think and I thank the Lord and say, you know, I, I realize that I'm supposed to be out there, that this, that I'm not supposed to be here today. I'm not supposed to be able to feel what I feel. But this is what happened 34 years ago. My uncle told me he was the first one ever filled with the Holy Ghost in our, my dad's side of the family. And he said, you know, the way it happened, and this is amazing because you talk about being in a dark place. My uncle was in prison, and he was, and this is about to get very um, real, all right, and he said he was walking in the prison, and he was getting ready to stab a man. He had the knife in his hand, and as he was walking over, he didn't know any other way of life. This is just life for them, and he says he's walking over to where this man was, and he said right there in the middle of that hall, there was another man that happened to be there. He was visiting, and, and he was preaching to, to a lot of the inmates that were there, and he said, uh, I was not in his Bible study, he said, but all of a sudden, as I was walking closer to where that man was sitting that I was ready to stab, he said, all of a sudden, that preacher reached out with his voice and said, hey, Jesus died for you. The preacher was giving a Bible study to a couple other people there, and he saw my uncle, and I guess something happened. The Spirit of God quickened him, and he reached out to my uncle and said, hey, Jesus died for you. My uncle froze, he said, I didn't understand. See, he had never had a Bible study before. They didn't grow up in the Bible Belt. They didn't know about church. I'll tell you the extent of their faith. You ready? They, they were real faithful to God. And they would drive by the Catholic church. They would tell us that they would go ahead and they would have their joint and they would have their beer and the music blasted. And they would go ahead and drive by. And as they would drive by the Catholic, this is real life, right? I'm sorry if this offends any of you but oh well and so I remember you know as they're driving by he, he would tell me he said we would go ahead and we'd lower the music and we'd put the joint out we'd put the beer down as we were cruising by we'd say our quick prayer we'd do our thing and pay our respects and as we would turn the corner we'd drive past uh, the church and it was no longer in sight and we'd hire up the music back up and light the joint back up and drink the beer again and we would go on about our business I mean these guys are real faithful you know I mean, didn't know nothing about a Bible study. Didn't know that Jesus was God. I mean, didn't understand really any of it at all. My dad would tell me that my grandmother, she would take them to the church, the Catholic church, and they would sit in the back, and during the worship or whatever it was was going on, they'd walk out to the parking lot and do whatever it was that they weren't supposed to be doing and come back in. And, I mean, they were real faithful people. And my uncle was telling me, he said, you know, in that moment, all of a sudden, that in that prison, that preacher reached out to me, and he said, I froze. And, and he said, but I 
didn't know what else to do, so I continued on walking. And he said, within a second, he said, all of a sudden, that preacher spoke to the man that I was getting ready to stab. And he said, hey, and his blood was shed for you. He said, my uncle told me, this is the only Bible study I'd ever had before. And he said, that's all I knew about Jesus, that he died for me and that his blood was shed for me. That's all I knew. That's all the man said. The only Bible study I ever had. And he said, within the next second, all of a sudden, they threw the tear gas in. And he said, the guards came and picked me up and took me out. He said, I didn't even know how they understood or how they knew. I hadn't even done anything yet. And he said, as I was, they were taking me over to the hole. It's a restricted area in the prison. They only have one hour of daylight a day and they stay in this dark uh, black pitch black hole for 23 hours and you talk about literal darkness and spiritual darkness he was there in that hole and he said as he was telling the guards what's wrong with you what's going on why are you doing this to me as they're carrying him away to that hole they put him down in that hole and he said all of a sudden he said the Lord spoke to me for the first time ever and he said the Lord said hey don't you remember last night you asked me if I was real to stop you from doing that It's just who he is. It's just who he is. He's the light of the world. I feel Jesus. He comes around the darkness. He doesn't go away from it. He comes around and says, hold on, I'm, I'm going to save somebody. I'm going to be the light in this dark world. And all of a sudden, my uncle was sitting there. He said, in that hole all by himself. And he didn't know what in the world was going on. He just heard a voice tell him, hey, don't you remember that you asked me to stop you from doing that if I was real? And he said, as I was sitting there, he said, Jesse, I didn't know what to do. I had no Bible study. didn't know about the Holy Ghost. He said, but all of a sudden, I said, all right, then, God, if you're really real, would you go ahead and just, just do something to show me that you're real? And and he said all of a sudden in that whole pitch black and darkness uh, spiritually and physically he said I lift up my hands kind of instinctly and all of a sudden with a repentant heart he said with tears coming down my eyes uh, I begin to speak with other tongues uh, as the spirit of God uh, gave me the utterance I wish somebody would get excited because Jesus uh, is the light of the world whether it's in the church or whether it's in a prison he is the light of the world clap your hands one more time to Jesus I don't know what dark situation you're going through or where you're at or where your family is but it's just who Jesus is if you call on him and tell him to be who he is he can't help be the light of the world that's just who he is I'm telling you that's exactly he can't help it John 11 and 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. This is Bible. This is the authority that you have. And the enemy creeps in and says, hey, you won't make it. You're not like brother so-and-so. You're not like sister so-and-so. All you got to do is say, wait, hold on. I was in a dark situation. Jesus came in and was the light. All you got to tell him is, hey, look, I get what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. As a matter of fact, it's probably true. But the God that I serve, he's from above. So he's not subject to the lies that you're giving me from, because you're from beneath, but he's from above. It's just who he is. 
And so if you'll get to speak in this in your home, if you'll get to speak in this uh, on your job, and you'll begin to say, wait, hold on, if God be for me, then who can stand against me? Then you walk into your job and you say, well, whatever boss has been giving me problems, whatever co-worker has been giving me problems, whatever's been going on in my job, you know, it don't really matter why, because if God is for me, then who can stand against me? This is who he is. I mean, that's just how he works. And if I'm going to the valley of the shadow of death, then God's on my side, so I got nothing to fear. It doesn't matter because... I'm from beneath, yeah, I've got problems, but he's from above. He's out of this world. It's just who he is. It might be dark all around, but he's the light of the world, and I'm his child, and he's my dad, so he's going to take care of business. He's going to bring light in my dark situation. I hope somebody's hearing what I'm saying. If you believe it, if you receive that, would you clap your hands right now unto the Lord? He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, the Bible says that when you, before you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are dead unto sin. And so, in other words, your, your spirit is dead. You are a slave of sin, the Bible talks about. And you are not able to overcome sin on your own. Was anyone here ever able to overcome sin on your own? Don't raise your hand, okay? It's impossible. Because we all got a fallen nature and we, no one teaches you how to lie, how to steal candy, how to do this, that, the other, right? It's just how it is. So when the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, the Bible says that he quickens your spirit. And to quicken means to bring life. And so the Spirit of God comes into a dead situation and he resurrects the dead. Physically, yes. He can raise the dead physically. But I'm talking about also spiritually. He can raise your dead spirit. All of a sudden you receive the, I've seen them receive the Holy Ghost. I've seen them in the prisons actually receive the Holy Ghost. And I've gone and, and, and ministered out there. It's amazing. I love preaching in the prisons. I really do. Because it's just raw. And so I, you know, I remember being in Hawaii and, and there was about 40 people in the prison that received the Holy Ghost in the time we were there. It was amazing. Jesus was just doing it. It was no big service. We didn't have any music. I mean, it was just me and a couple of guys across from me. And we go from place to place in that entire prison. And, and all of a sudden there was about seven guys that were there that I was preaching to telling them about Jesus and I said all right let's all stand God's gonna feed with the Holy Ghost and they all repented and all of a sudden before you knew it they lift up their hands and they began speaking with other tongues and the spirit of God began moving and all of a sudden tears began rolling down their eyes I mean it was a powerful experience but I remember this one man he wasn't even in our Bible study that's what really got me he's kind of like my uncle and he all of a sudden he was he was actually watching TV it was a big open area and he was kind of out there it was a big holding tank is what it was and he was out there and he was in a big open area uh, there watching TV and he came on over and he said, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but he, he could hear what was going on. And now I purposely get louder, you know, because I said, look, they haven't given me any microphone and we're not having church service. These guys are taking a shower above me and over here on the right, they're working out and on the left, they're watching TV. Someone's going to hear what I have to say. I didn't come all this way for nothing. And so I'd be giving a Bible study, and i just get louder. And, and Jesus said, you know, and they'd kind of, there was guys on the phone on that wall right in front of me, and they were wasting all their girlfriend's minutes, you know, all their mom's minutes, and they were calling collect, you know, wasting everybody's minutes. And they would go ahead and put the phone down. They would listen, what's going on? And, and, they would, and before you knew it, they would, hold on, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get prayed for. they put the phone down, and they'd get up, and they'd start speaking in tongues after we laid hands also. I mean, it was powerful. It was amazing. It's all right. And I remember a man came over and he said, hey, uh, 
I don't know what's going on. He walked right up to me, and there was a man standing right next to me who had just received the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. He said, I, I don't know what's going on, but I want what he's got, man. Give it to me. I want what he's got. I said, good. Go ahead and lift your hands. God's going to feel you. In the next few seconds, uh, he lifted up his hands, and in that dark place, in a crazy world, in a place uh, where death lingered, I'm telling you, Jesus uh, was the resurrection as that man was filled uh, with the power of the Holy Ghost uh, because that's just who Jesus is. He's the I am that I am. He will be what you need him to be. And I'm, 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 I'm finishing up here. He says, you call me master and Lord and ye say well for so I am. Now, I want to tell you something. Some people say, well, you know, I believe the promises you're preaching about. I get it, but it just hasn't happened for me. I'm going to give you a key and possibly an answer to where you're at right now. He says, I am master and Lord. But the reality is this. You have to allow him to become master and Lord in order to receive the benefits of his lordship. In order to receive the benefits of the cattle on a thousand hill, you have to allow him to become master and Lord. That means surrender. That means, all right, Jesus. I've tried and I've preached about it a little bit this morning. I've tried it this way and I've tried it that way, but I give it to you now. I'm, I'm just going to do it your way. Some of you, I, I, I said this story to your pastor in, in the office and said, you know, when we first started evangelizing, my wife and I, it was very, uh, it was very wild to say the least amen and we would we didn't have a house and have an apartment we didn't have a job i didn't have a job uh because we were planning to go to india to go do missions work and and all of a sudden that all fell through the week of our wedding and i remember getting back from our honeymoon we stayed on uh, in her uncle's house over in sacramento on an air mattress in the living room it was our first week of marriage back in the real world all right everybody Everybody understand the context now. Okay, thank you. So you understand, I mean, this is, this is first week of marriage back in the real world. We're in this, on this air mattress in the living room. The only thing that's separating us from them and is these Chinese, you know, closet doors, you know, the accordion doors that are real light. You could just kind of blow, you know, and you blow them over, you know what I mean? And so this is the only thing separating us, and we're just, you know, there, and I'm, God, what in the world is going on? What do you want me to do? I got no job, and I got no nothing. I mean, I thought I was going to evangelize. What's happening, you know, overseas? And the Lord, uh, we begin to pray, and the Lord says, uh, right before we went to bed, we just begin to pray. And, and, I, and the Lord says, uh, Jesse, go ahead and get a one-way ticket out to Indiana. And General Conference was out here, and, and uh, just believe that I'll do the rest. And so I was like, uh, okay, all right, praise God. I got some, some answer, you know. But uh, I remember now I had to tell my wife. You know, the wives can say, man, got a brand new husband, no job, no car, no apartment, no nothing. All right. You know, and, and we're just living off of whatever else people had given us. And all I had was a suitcase, a check-in suitcase, a carry-on and, uh, you know, just a backpack. And that was it. And so my wife had the same. And so I said, hey, uh, the Lord told me to get one way ticket out to Indiana. She said, oh, good. The Lord just told me the same thing. I was like, whoosh. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful for a woman of God that walks with God. Let that be a lesson to all of you young ladies here. Amen. And she knew and understood, hey, this is, this is real. And 
only to realize something. We had actually taken that, uh, that flight out on Spirit Airlines, and I'm not downing Spirit Airlines just a little bit. I am. It's not the best airline in the world. I'm just letting you know. But I remember getting on that airline, and there we were on that one-way ticket, believing God would open doors for us to evangelize. And here we are. Two and a half to almost three years later now, serving the Lord, evangelizing, and things are happening all over the country. Great miracles, great things have taken place. Uh, we've seen can this is no no testimony for us, but just a testimony to the power of when you make him master and Lord. And so he said, Look, I'm gonna take you places you've never even seen before. And I remember watching a wheelchair in Colorado about a month later, get out a lady in a wheelchair, get out of that wheelchair and just start walking and dancing at the power of Jesus Christ. He wasn't allowed or even supposed to walk watching the deaf all of a sudden be able to hear and watching cancers leave people's bodies I mean can, does anyone understand what I'm talking about when you make him master and lord uh, that's when he allows you to say go ahead step out of the boat I'll let you walk on water for a moment uh, I'll go ahead and show you things that you've never seen before if you're tired of it being the way that it is uh, all you've got to say is lord I'm asking you to be master and lord of my situation because that's that's who you are, and I give it to you. Amen. Hey let's all stand together so you can know that I'm really closing, even though it means nothing. I'm just kidding. John 14. Is this all right? Yeah. Amen. John 14 and 6. Jesus saith unto him, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but my, by me, he says. Jesus, we always preach about him being a way maker. No doubt he's a way maker in the realm of the physical. But also, if you think about it, here in the, according to these scriptures, he's talking about salvation. He's letting you know, listen, there is no other beside me. I am the way of salvation. My name means salvation. My name is salvation, he's telling you. So when you come unto me, this is a, a lesson for baptism, if you will, that when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, that saving name, the name that means salvation, goes ahead and washes you. It cleanses you. It, it stamps you with that name of approval. And here's the reality, is you can't save yourself. I can't save me. I mean, you can go down in the water in the name of Jesse, but I guarantee you, you probably come up more of a sinner than you did when you went down because my name will do nothing for you nor brother Jesse's name amen will do nothing for you but the name of Jesus will cleanse you it'll wash you it'll make you clean it'll make you make you a new creature because that's who he is he's the way the truth and the life if you've been wondering well I wonder what the truth is I might as well try them all I'm telling you here's the reality the one with more power that's the truth The one that can reach out to a, to a sinner in the middle of a prison cell. The one that can reach out to people that are no good for nothing. The one that can make those uh, that no one ever thought would mount to anything all of a sudden become pastors and become preachers and become ministers and become this, that, and the other singers anointed of God. I mean, think about that. That's the one that's the truth. It's nothing that religion in itself only can do for you but when Jesus steps in on the scene all of a sudden he is the way the truth and the life I want you to grab your neighbor right where you're at and we're going to do kind of like we did this morning and, and I want you to bring them quickly grab their hand quickly where it's appropriate and bring them on down to this altar because there's 
revelation here, this understanding, and I want you all to come on down and stay standing for me, if you will. We're going to pray together. Come on down. Bring them down to this altar. If you need to sit, you can sit right here in the front. It'll allow us to get to you a lot closer. Thank you. That's all right. You can play. This understanding of who he is. Has this helped anybody? Raise your hand. Say amen. If this has helped you to understand what you, what you have. You know, you here in Indiana, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but in California, you, you know, it's harder to, to conceal carry or get your license and all that stuff. You know, out here, this is the first place that a pastor ever, uh, you know, went ahead. And I remember we were at a restaurant. And I was talking about guns. And this was after church. And he pulled out his gun and said, here, check this out. And he had been carrying the entire service. I don't know if that happens, you know, wherever. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. Don't ask, don't tell. Here, here's, how, here's how it goes. you got to understand something. If you have that weapon, but you have no idea of how to use it, it's more of a danger and a threat to you than it is a help. And so Jesus says, look, I need you to search the scriptures, right? I want you to search the scriptures. He's letting you know, like Brother Jesse said, try me in this today's vernacular. Try me. Understand that I am the life. Some of you are going through situations today and certain things that are happening in your life. If you will understand where you're at, then you will understand how God is trying to reveal himself to you. You know, when they didn't have any fish, they had been fishing all day, all day, all day, the disciples. And Jesus says, hey, throw the net over on the other side. If they had always had fish on that day, they wouldn't have known him as a provider. If my wife and I had, had, had everything would have just been mapped out and, you know, and it just would have been all okay for, for years to come, you know, for evangelizing and so on, we would never know God to, on a Sunday morning in Oregon, to wake me up 5.30 in the morning and say, hey, Jesse, you've got nowhere to preach this morning. Go ahead and go to this church. Don't tell the pastor I've sent you. Just go. And I didn't tell the pastor anything. I said, sir, I'm here to, to hear the word. And he said, well, come greet the church. I mean, I had nowhere to preach that morning. This, this, this is just wild stuff. We got a hotel for two nights. And, and he said, go ahead and greet the church. I began greeting the church, telling about a miracle. He stops me from behind the pulpit. I already had a preacher lined up to go from his local church. He says, brother, he stops me. He said, Brother Jesse, stop, stop. And I, I thought I'd done something wrong, you know. And I, you know, I'm thinking in my head, Lord, what would you sent me for here? I don't know what's going on. And he says, hey, um, to the brother in the back, would you mind preaching next week? He said, Brother Jesse, I feel the Lord has sent you to bring us a word today. Would you go ahead and preach to us? And so I'm telling you here today, I would have never known God to open a door that way, to be a way maker if everything, the way was always made for me, if it was always okay, if the children of Israel were always okay, if you were always okay, then you would never know God. God's trying to reveal himself to somebody today. To reveal himself to you in the way of a provider to some of you to reveal himself to you as sovereign because sovereign means that you he knows the next step you don't see it but he knows it amen anyone ever had a dead situation anyone ever been in a situation you said man i don't know where in the world i'm going to get the answer from this but it, i'm telling you david just got that greatest testimony there he, he just tells us listen it's coming 
It's going to be all right. You look at the scriptures before. He says, hey, he's going to lie me beside the green pastures. Yeah? He's going to lie me beside the still waters. He's God. He's going to take care of me. It's going to be all right. And so today, this is the God that we're serving. And you are the elect. You are his children. And as his children, you have a right to what he has. You got a right, thank you, to those strawberries. It's the reality. You have that. You do today. If anyone has a need here today, you want God to reveal himself to you. Don't ask him to get you out of your situation. That's not the answer. Don't ask him, Lord, let this pass me by. No, no, no. Lord, reveal yourself to me the way that you want me to know you in this current situation. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to be. Lord, I need you to reach out to my family and be a savior, Jesus. He's trying to be a savior today in your life, but that's who he is. So if you call him on it, he's going to begin to move. Things are going to begin to happen. I believe it in the realm of the spirit. Things will begin to take place because revelation will unlock uh, what God wants to do. Would you lift your hands right now and would you just begin to tell him Lord would you reveal yourself to me? Would you go ahead uh, and reveal yourself to me in a way that I've not known you? My problems have got me confused. Uh, My situation has got me confused. Uh, The enemy has lied and said this is where I'm supposed to live. This depression uh, is what I'm supposed to live with Uh, but I'm telling you that the Lord uh, is going to head and bring joy and bring peace and bring life and bring light because that's who he is the Holy Ghost here right now where you're at Jesus wants to reveal himself to you bring revelation and understanding right now I just want you every hand lifted up with all sincerity forget about the schedule forget about the program would you just Thank him. Would you just love him? And would you tell him, Lord, I need you to be a savior in my current situation right now. Would you open your mouth and would you do that out loud right now? Would you show him? Go ahead. That's it. Would you just begin to shout unto the Lord for a moment? Would you begin to shout? That's it. Go ahead. That's it. Go ahead right now. Just a little bit louder. There you go. We're going to begin to stir some things up because the enemy thought that he had you. The enemy thought that you were going to give up. Some of you might have thought, well, this might be my last service. I don't know how much longer I can wait. I don't know how much longer I can do this. I'm telling you here today, Jesus is going to be the resurrection. Jesus is going to be the life. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's it, just a little bit louder. That's it, go ahead. Would you let your voice out? If you feel like speaking in tongues, you can. Some might pray something you don't even know you need in the name of Jesus.
As you're praying, we're all going to do something together in this sanctuary. As you're praying, that's all right, continue. I'm going to ask you to worship, and I want you to do like you just did, but with just a bit more intensity, with a bit more faith, with a bit more belief. You're going to reach out to God. And you can picture him however you like to picture him. Maybe you need him just to simply save you. You need him to be a shield. I don't know what you need here tonight. But what you're going to do is picture God as that very thing. And we're going to worship all across this building. And we're going to thank him. We're going to love him. We're going to ask him to reveal himself to us. Uh, and when I pray the prayer of faith, we're going to go ahead and we're all, I'm going to tell you on the count of three, we are going to shout the name of Jesus. Because as we shout the name of Jesus, it will declare unto him who he is. And it will declare to our adversary who he is. And they may come to us uh, with a sword and with the shield but we are letting Goliath know that I have come to you today in the name of the Lord of hosts and guess what today we have been revealed that name and that name is Jesus and we are all going to shout that name together and as we do I am telling you that things are going to begin to shake that devil that has come to your home that torment that has come to your family is going to begin to tremble because the Bible says that even and the devils know that he is and they tremble. I'm telling you it's going to happen here today. Would you begin to worship God? Would you begin to shout? You can clap. You can worship just for a little bit longer. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's it. That's it. All over this place in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, that's it. Somebody just get beside yourself for a moment. Today's the day of that breakthrough. Today's the day that you no longer live in depression. Today's the day that you no longer live in fear. Today's the day that you no longer live in suicidal thoughts. Today's the day. I feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Right now, everybody in this building, go ahead. Just reach heaven right now. Just reach heaven. We're going to be set free here in this building. That's it. Go ahead right now. Right now, everywhere where you're at, go ahead. Just lift your hands. Shout unto the Lord in the name of Jesus by the authority that is in the word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I declare to every believer that peace will enter your home. Fear has got to go. Doubt has got to go. Unbelief has got to go. Suicidal thoughts. Depression has got to leave in the name of Jesus. Everyone, let's shout one two three jesus go ahead don't stop don't stop that's it somebody right all over this building in the name of jesus that's it that's it that's it go ahead go ahead shout it out that's it go ahead let him be jesus let him be jesus that's it yeah 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 Yes, go ahead, go ahead, go, 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 that's it, every insecurity, go with Jesus. Miracle worker, way maker, miracle worker, way maker, miracle worker, way maker. 
Come on, that's it. I wish somebody would get beside themselves. Just for a moment. Just get beside yourself because it's going to be a savior. Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's it. There it is. He's going to be a savior right now. In the name of Jesus. He's going to give you a boldness and authority to walk it in your school, on your job, because that's who he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. has got to go because Jesus has my steps ordered. I don't know where I'm going next. I feel the Holy Ghost. But Jesus has my steps ordered. Jesus has where you're going. Jesus has where you've been. Jesus has it in the palm of his hand. That's just who he is. That's just who he is. That's just who he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it right there. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Darkness! 
miracle worker, way maker, 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 miracle worker. Darkness, 
miracle worker, way maker, 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 miracle worker.
in the darkness, my God, that is 